back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7. The ticket is time for the crossover. Nick Sainert is in studio as we get ready for happy hour coming up here in about 10 minutes. And uh, we'll lead off with this as we get into the conversation. A little bit worrisome from Nebraska fans who are looking forward to Dylan Raiola showing up in the Scarlet and Cream. He had a visit over the weekend to USC. And now... The five star is uh, the favorite, or USC is now the favorite to land the five star, according to On Three's recruiting prediction machine. So, often thought of as Georgia being the top uh, competitor, com- uh, competitor for Nebraska, now USC is right in the mix after a uh, visit uh, to SoCal. What does On Three know? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> How did they? What happened? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. It's it's going to be a long, um, kind of drawn out competition. I I think here for Nebraska to get there, and I think most importantly, in, in something that we all kind of know, but we'd like to put it off and just say, oh, you just commit or whatever. Um, I think they're going to have to to show a little something early in year one mm-hmm. um, to really stay stay in this competition and show that they've got a little bit moving for in the right direction if they're going to land Dylan. Remember when he, quote-unquote, canceled his Georgia visit? Yes. That wasn't actually canceled? And then, did, yeah, did and then uh, everybody was like, oh, he's going to Nebraska. And then I said, hey, USC's still in the wings. And everybody said, ah, nobody cares about USC. Yeah, uh, yeah, what's up? What's up? Who said nobody what's cares up? about USC? What's up? A lot of people. <laughs> How... I, don't even try not, it ever. Not, you guys were all very, like, you guys no, were no, like, no, no, ah, Nebraska's a favorite. No, 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 it's fine. Not, not very intelligent people because if they knew anything about USC, it's Lincoln Riley. They're like, oh, no, Georgia, Nebraska's the favorite. No. Also, mm-hmm. also, they have a five-star wide receiver in Zachariah or Zachariah or Zachariah Branch who is uh, going there this year. Fastest guy in America. Yeah, him and uh, Malachi raced out in mm-hmm. Hawaii. Yeah. Malachi was this close to beating him. If Malachi would have started in a three-point or a four-point stance, he would have won. I don't know what he was doing. Why are you starting in a yeah. two-point stance? He's, he he <laughs> right. did like a false step with his front. It was just – he would have won. Right? You know, yeah, exactly. Whatever, so, man. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. Like, I saw that he was training in California or whatever. So, like, that was a big reason why he was there. I didn't know it was an actual visit to USC. I knew he was training out in California. Um, And I also saw where a Georgia signee was like, hey, Georgia Nation, tell the tell Dylan oh, yeah. Raiola that you know to come home or whatever. So like, and he retweeted. Or here we go. Like, yeah, like <laughs> here we go. Um, this is going to be a whirlwind and a, a roller coaster of emotions uh, because you're going to have all of the sadness and worries of oh no, is is he silently committing while he's on Georgia's campus? Like, what's going to happen? Then you're going to have this high level of excitement when he comes to campus, and it's like, all right, visit went perfect because you're going to have those post-visit interviews with Steve Wiltfong or whoever has it, um, and it's going to be like, I love Nebraska. Nebraska's home. Nebraska's family. And you're going to yeah. have all these people be like, oh, yeah. is that? Listen, is is that? Does that mean you he's silently committed read to Nebraska? Between the lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's going to be a roller coaster. Not for um, me. And I think depending on who you talk to, I'm not sure anybody has a, any idea of when this is going to end. Yeah. Like I like. It was a couple weeks ago. We we talked to a couple people, and I talked to a guy that was like, "Yeah, this is gonna end probably like early April," because he wants to be peer recruiting. But then it was also like, because I I also think that that's when his birthday is is around that time. That's why he committed to Ohio State around this time last year. 
But then if you talk to other people, it's, yeah, listen, he made that decision way too quick last year. Mm-hmm. He's and not going to make that he's mistake. Not, he's not going to yeah. do that mistake or, you know, make that mistake again because he's not the type that's going to be like, he's not a Jameer Calvin. For oh, people that yeah. remember Jameer yeah. Calvin. That's a good one. Where good he, pull. He, committed to he, everybody. Committed to everybody up until the final minute. And it was like, that's that's not what Dylan Ryle is about. So, um. I think uh, when you when you look at kind of where this is going to go, it's going to be a roller coaster. Well, and it is it is interesting too because his peer recruiting, obviously from his level, is going to matter for anybody, but it does matter for Nebraska I mean, a little bit more. I mean, obviously compared to the USC's and Georgias, who are going to have four and five stars <laughs> lining up to get in the door anyway. He's getting peer recruited by five star wide receivers at USC and Georgia already. Nebraska, oh, yeah. w- he would be the one peer recruiting those five star wide receivers. Would, yeah, he would be the one to really get it well, rolling. So it, it's interesting to me because I I think. Between that and the fact that if I'm him, I've I've got to make sure Nebraska's in somewhat of a of a you know mm-hmm. solid footing in the first well, few games. Some to type of stability. I, I, I think I think it was also now I don't if I had to make a, a guess I don't think this is something that goes f- into the summer. I, I think I think mm. by the end of by the end of the, of the school year this year I think there's a decision made. So May, um, now now because historically quarterbacks are going to make their decisions a little quicker. Yeah. Um, right. And, and we know that. But one thing that you can also throw in there that might make Husker fans happy is that he's recruiting guys to come on the visit to Nebraska on March 25th. Um, and when he's, but he, when he's visited Georgia before, he was recruiting guys to say, hey, come take a visit this yeah. weekend when I'm there. So it's already happening. And that goes into this whole thought of like, this March 25th visit weekend, right? I think it's like the 24th through the 26th. That weekend is extremely important for Nebraska. Not Huge. because you just have the number one player, but you have an opportunity to not only wow the number one player, but also put them in this group where they can envision playing at Nebraska together. Because that's why it's very important for the staff. They're, they're building this weekend with a lot of four-star receivers, a lot of skill position guys, a lot of guys that will be playing alongside Dylan Ryle on the offensive side of the ball. Why? Because you want to give him an opportunity to say, hey, if Dylan Ryle comes here, these guys are going to be here as well. Or imagine, there's a good group. Imagine playing with these guys. It's the guys imagine the roar of the together. crowd. Imagine the roar of the crowd for you. Like, yeah. just say you're out there, and, and this is the quarterback that threw you the ball or something, and, and you scored the touchdown, and this whole crowd just erupted for you here with him, all of you surrounding each other. Just that that's that's the kind of vision that they're trying to put together with this weekend, and it's going to be extremely important to, to put on their best faces and put their best foot forward uh, com- coming out of that weekend because if you – if there's any missteps, I mean, you've got visits before and after that. We'll see what happens. Well, and I, I, you just it, just the way that it is, Nebraska's got to recruit Dylan Ryle better than USC does, better than George does, because uh, like you're saying, I mean, you could set up these, envision this, you could be the guy that does this, where USC's telling them, here's my Heisman trophies, I think you fit in mm-hmm. because of this. You and, could be the guy that held this. Yes. <laughs> and it's not like, maybe we could get there someday if I work it. It's mm-hmm. like, here's my recipe, why it works, and why you fit but there's in also, the plan. But there's also the balance act of recruiting Dylan Raiola harder than just about anybody else. You know, he's the number one recruit in the country. And also focusing on other quarterbacks, because if you don't get him, you're still going to need a quarterback in that class. And if you miss out on all of them, that's going to suck. It's a balancing it's, act. It's yeah, very it's, it's, really it's, it's for everybody. It's interesting, and I, I don't know how you even go about 
I this is a question that I, I want to you know if if I'm here when Kenny's here, it's something that I want to ask him. Like go about recruiting wise, how do you focus on one guy so much, but also at his position, focus on the people that are on your recruiting board still behind him without making him feel you know unloved or without making them feel unloved by the entire staff. Well, and and actually, interestingly enough, Rule was asked that by by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska Day, like, hey, how do you balance? a high-profile quarterback target, basically talking about right yeah, without, without mentioning names. Without mentioning names. And Rule was like, listen, like he was very careful how he answered because he didn't want to do an NCAA violation, right? We, Nebraska's already been down that, that road. But, like, he was like, we – I tweeted it out. It was, it was something along the lines of, like, we're only going to have guys here that want to be here. I'm not trying to – I'm not going to – I'm not going to change who I am. I want guys to come here while we practice – because it's he goes, it's stupid for guys to commit to us if they don't see how we practice, if they don't see how I am as a coach on the field with their own eyes. So he's like, I want guys to come to practice. I want guys to see who I am. He goes, because I don't care if you're the number one player or if you're not. I'm not changing who I am as a coach. When you should have thrown the exact number out there. Well, I that would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the number two, one or the, the 126 yeah. or whatever he's at. The 127 <laughs> player, like, damn, man. I missed it. <laughs> Where we are in college football, though, too, and you saw that this past offseason is I don't know how, you know, the, the importance of getting your five year starting quarterback in from day one. It's lessened. I mean, that used to be kind of the big, you, you, you have to hold that in with every class. You have to have a quarterback in every class. Nowadays, there's going to be about 17 guys that have started five or more games at the Power 5 level in every transfer class. So I think that that does help a little bit, kind of soften the blow if you don't land Dylan Riola, um, is that there's always kind of these stopgap situations. In yeah. long term, maybe that's not the plan, but if you, if you're, if you say we've got to, we, this is one of the few shots Nebraska is going to get um, without making a significant jump in the program at landing a, a, a player a, the caliber of Dylan, um, that I would say it's it's worth it, especially with the backup options that you can have in the transfer portal these days. Yeah, I mean that's that's always good. I, I think, I mean, I just find it really fascinating how, like, like you kind of talked about Rico, they have to balance how to make both guys a priority. And, and it's it was interesting. Like I said, rules rules answer to that today was like we're not rolling out red. In an indirect way, he was like, "I'm not rolling out a special red carpet for one guy and not the other. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recruit guys, and obviously, there's like little things that you do differently with high level recruits. You, you might do a little bit more sending your entire yeah, staff yeah, like, over like a recruiting like that, period. Like, things like that are going to happen. <laughs> but I, I also wonder, like, man, this is it's just such a, a tough conversation because you have this whole like family thing with Dylan Riola." able to reach Dylan Raiola when Matt Rule took over. No. Now here they are. Yeah. And I, I think, too, I always kind of think when you – because Mike Riley did that in particular, where there was one practice the media was allowed in, um, they had a wide receiver on a visit, and he was, like, their top guy. Yeah. And they all – like, all the coaches had his, like, a, a jersey of him on mm. at, I remember, at the I practice. That. Yeah. It was very strange wow. because you're looking at it and you're looking at the whole team practicing and they're and you're kind of thinking they're just putting this guy above everybody. And that's where and I they think didn't like, ended up getting him and he wasn't he ended up getting arrested at USC. I mean it it, it wasn't a good end of the story for either side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it's so it's so t- I I just think it's going to be a roller coaster of a couple weeks here. Um 
I obviously enjoy the highs because this is unprecedented territory for Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska's not used to being in this situation to where it's the number one recruit in the country. Not yeah. let alone, I mean, uh, number, has one, Nebraska, number one quarterback, let alone the number one player in the country. Has Nebraska ever been in on the number one recruit in the country? Not like the, since recruiting the, rankings started, one. they they were in the top three for Foster Sorrell, who mm-hmm. was an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he committed at the Under Armour All America Bowl. Um, on NBC, a couple like back with Mike Riley, I want to say that was he was he was like the third best player in the country or the fourth, um, and he was Nebraska was in their top when it was in his top three. He ended up going to Stanford um, to to play college ball, but that, I mean that's the that's the only one. Like Marlon Lucky was a five star, Aaron Green was a five star, yeah. but but Aaron Green was like I want to say in the twenties according to recruiting rankings. Um, Marlon Lucky, we know kind of how his play, his thing planned out. I, I want to say Braylon Hurd. Marlon Lucky was the 14th best player okay. in the nation. Where was where was Braylon Hurd? He had to get reclassified, but he yeah, was, yeah. In the, his initial year, he was pretty high. I think he was a four star. He was the number 104th. Okay, best player in the country. Braylon Hurd, where did he transfer to? Qu- trivia question. I know it. You know it, Rico. Do you know it, Rico? I feel like I should. He went to. The Kentucky Wildcats. That's right. I almost said Kentucky, then I was going to say Tennessee. And I, he, I was going to say Tennessee. He came out a year early. He yeah. could have stayed. I thought he could have stayed. Braylon Hurd went year. to Kentucky. Aaron Green went to TCU. I would have liked to see Aaron, Aaron Green, number thirty-two. Yeah, Aaron. I would have liked to see Aaron Green a little bit more. He was yeah. a he was the thirty-second best player in the country. He was a four-star. He struggled his first year at TCU, then then kind of did a lot better. He did. He Aaron, was fun to play with in NCAA football fourteen. That is true. <laughs> Either way, Amir took the ball and told him to get out of here. Uh, so that's what kind of what happened there. We'll take a quick break here at 93.7 Ticket. We'll be right back here in a few minutes with the happy hour coming up next. <laughs> 